All right. Hey, everybody. It is Damian Lupo, and I'm here with Scott Gam for tonight's special edition of our podcast. It's actually leap year, February 29th. So this is a very cool night. Uh, really special guest, uh, a friend of mine, actually, that I grew up with, went to high school with back in Alaska, and um, a fellow martial artist. But beyond that, this is a guy that has done something. And when I say he's done something, his name is Jody Trantham, and he likes to get dirty. He doesn't just talk about getting dirty. He actually goes out and gets in the mud. And we're going to talk about him physically getting in the mud and what he's doing to change the world with this passion and this talent and and just what he's done with some skills that were developed over uh, the course of his career and and uh, what what he's uh, what he's created. So without just going into his whole story, and I really want to hear from him and, and understand what this is all about. Uh, he's, he is the creator of the emergency water well, and we're going we're gonna to dig into that and have him tell you guys about it. So, Jody, it's awesome to have you here with us tonight, man. Oh, well, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on, on air here. I, I do appreciate it. Thank you for the introduction. Yeah, that's right. We grew up in Alaska and and met again down in Texas, and now you went back west, and I'm I'm still here in the Houston area. Well, you know what? Uh, that I'm going to be seeing you real soon, so that's a little surprise to people. But I'll be seeing you out there in Texas real soon. And but but uh, we are going to talk about what you're doing based in in Texas. And did I before we do that though? Is there anything else that you want to throw in there that? that I missed on your, I mean, you've got a, you've got a pretty uh, broad background, but is there anything that, that sh- we should share with, with people before we get into the emergency water well and what you're doing? No, well, I just, uh, I guess I'd like to echo the, the martial arts theme. You know, it's something that you and I have both shared different styles, but at, at the end of the, at the end of the day, they're, they're very similar. It's all about, about developing and transforming your mind and your spirit and your body. And, uh, Anyway, I, I owe a lot of my a lot of my upbringing and and role models and direction in life, all that has been wrapped up in the whole martial arts theme. That has played a big part in, in what I've done and, and what I continue to do. Yeah, you know, you know it's Jody. It, it's interesting because I'm, I'm I'm glad that you you brought that up a little bit. The the thing, the way I would describe you when, when I share, uh, when, when you come up in conversation, and you didn't know this, but you do come, come up in conversation, I, I, uh, I, I tell people about you, and the thing that I share with them is that here's this guy that was very, very into martial arts and studying, and he was, he was very talented back when we were in high school, and I really didn't even start until after high school, and you were... So you have this decades of, of experience and training, and you're, you're very, very talented. And obviously with martial arts, there's a skill set where if you wanted to, you can do damage and to other people. And what I always share with people is this is one of the most talented guys I've ever known in, in the world of martial arts, and he's probably the gentlest person I've ever met. And your spirit is so kind and so connected and so loving. It's fascinating, but it's not unusual and I, I would love your, your thoughts on this, too, but it seems like the people that are most engaged in martial arts tend to be some of the kindest, gentlest, nonviolent people you'll ever meet. I mean, is that your experience as well? It, it is. Yeah, yep, it, it very much is. And, and it was something that I guess was impressed upon me as, as a young kid when my father first put me into taekwondo. And uh, he had, uh, he, I remember him saying it, he says, when, when you grow up, 
Jody. He goes, I want people to think of you when they see you and say, this guy is the nicest, gentlest guy around, but he's tougher than dog shit. <laughs> those, <laughs> those were his exact words. And, and I remember my mom uh, being there when she heard him say that, and she said, I hope nobody ever compares my son to dog shit when he grows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that's always stuck with me. But for for us who who've done martial arts and other combative sports uh, and and tactical handgun training uh, courses and 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 uh, uh, and that type of training, they all have a, a central theme, and, and it's around being prepared for anything and everything. All right. So we grew up in Alaska. Uh, pretty remote areas up there. And if, if you find yourself out on a hunting trip or hiking up in the mountains and you get stuck, stranded, or hurt, you're on your own. Right? You have to learn how to survive on your own. Now, martial arts, you know, that teaches you how to survive when you're out on the street or in your house and an intruder comes in. Right? You always have to be prepared for everything. And, and uh, you know, through my years of experience through martial arts, it was... And I got to learn how to be prepared on my feet. So I did Taekwondo. Then I got to learn how to how to fight on the ground. So I did wrestling for 20, 30 years. And then, and of course, in Jiu-Jitsu, right, it kind of, kind of brings in all three of the on your feet, on the ground, and submission art. So it, the, the whole central theme was always around being prepared. And then same thing with, with, with firearms and, and those type of tactical courses that you and I have shared over the years. But this also has a common thread into this water well kit, this emergency water well kit. And uh, it started out, uh, I guess, whenever Hurricane Rita came through. For those who who may not remember, Hurricane Rita came through just a couple weeks after Katrina did. And it it came through the Houston area. Where we live here, uh, we lost power uh, and utilities for two weeks. Around the middle of summer, it was hot. But it, it induced a pretty large panic in the Houston area. People evacuated and got gridlocked and stuck on the road for for days at a time. Now, myself, growing up in Alaska, it was it was no big deal being without power and, and water and food because I could procure all that stuff on my own. But very quickly, I realized how fragile our utility systems were here uh, in the U.S. and in large cities. And I, uh, I vowed that the next time, if there ever was another hurricane to come through, I was going to be prepared not only to take care of my family, but how to take care of all my neighbors. Right. So I, I set out on a journey of trying to figure out how to do the best type of food storage, and whether it's MREs or, you know, ultimately it landed on beans and rice. You know, the two thirds of the world live off of beans and rice, and, and they're easy to store, to hide. Uh, you know, to keep. And so, uh, yeah, got a pretty good supply of that to be able to take care of everybody. But without water, uh, you're, you're pretty much toast, right? Unless you know how to, uh, various different ways of procuring water. Now I could, uh, pretty easily on my own get enough water for me and my family, but not for, not for all my neighbors. I got elderly, elderly neighbors on both sides and you know, I'm, I'm not going to bug out anywhere in an in an emergency. I'm staying here to help them. So I had to figure out how to get a large supply of water or a continuous supply of water 
Uh, and and so I knew that we lived here uh, in the south, uh, Gulf, Gulf Coast area, that has clay and sandy soil. So I figured drilling through it would be pretty easy. And I knew that we had a pretty low water table, uh, being that we were only uh, maybe 80, 90 miles from the ocean. So I set out on probably about a three- or four-year journey to figure out how to quickly and efficiently put in an emergency water well in my backyard. With the invention of YouTube and other online sites, I, I probably went through a dozen different methods of, of drilling with, with uh, water jetting, with air jetting, with shovels, fence posts, diggers, augers. I mean, with drilling mud, out drilling mud, without drilling mud. I mean, you name it, I tried everything. I probably have at least a dozen wells here in my backyard, which is impressive when you when you learn that I live in a subdivision. <laughs> anyway, so what I finally, uh, about, uh, I guess about three years ago, I, 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 I more or less, I wouldn't say perfected, but I came up with a system that allowed me to drill a well by hand with no power tools in my backyard down to 50 feet by myself in less than a day. And uh, here in our area, our water table is much shallower than that. So I've been able to put in uh, complete wells within about two and a half hours. And uh, so, so I did quite a few of those. I finally got it down, uh, found the, the right type of pumps that'll work, ended up designing my own pump, uh, drilled several wells for friends in the area. And, and the common theme was, man, this is great. I wish everybody had these things, right? Because there's a, a, an amazing amount of independence and uh, security that comes with having your own supply of water right, at any time. Or knowing how to drill a well very quickly if you needed to. So that, uh, that was the, the birth of our company called Emergency Water Well. You can find us at emergencywaterwell.com to teach you how to drill a, a traditional type well right? you, with the hand auger by hand. You drill down, set your casing, uh, et cetera. And so we had run with that, uh, market and sell our, our products. But then I had the, um, uh, the, the, the nagging feeling or desire to be able to take this to places like West Africa and South America where, where water is, is literally life. The, the amount of, of kids that die of hunger and water-related diseases is around 26,000 deaths a day. And it's just it's mind-numbing, mind-blowing on how many kids, I'm talking little, little kids here, die every day from hunger and thirst. And to put that in, in context, that is like 100 commercial airline jets going down every day, right? You, know, you think there's roughly 250, 300 people on a commercial airline jet. Well, imagine what would happen if 100 airlines crashed in one day. I mean, the world would come to a stop. People, the news, I mean, just, it would just, our world would cease to exist as we know it while people are trying to figure out how could this happen, right? And then it happens the next day and the following day, right? That's how significant the problem is in these developing countries. 
So, sorry, I'm, uh, I, am I talking too much, or are we doing you're, okay? You're great. He, uh, he broke uh, 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 Okay. Sorry. I, I don't mean to be a hog here. But, Keep going, man. Okay, so, so coming back to this uh, this concept here of, of having your own emergency water well. Now, the, the kits that we sold originally uh, have a hand auger and a pump and a well screen, everything that you can't pick up at the local hardware store. So you get our kit, but then you would still have to go to the hardware store to pick up some casing and gravel and cement and and extension pipes for your for your auger. Right, so it, it worked well for for customers or clients here in the U.S., but not for people that live in Liberia, Malawi, and uh, you know the Congo. Uh, those folks, they don't have a, a, a Home Depot or Lowe's down the street that they can drive to. So uh, I, I set out on trying to come up with a system or a product that is completely self-contained in a small box. And that's where the, uh, the, the idea of water well in a box, which is the product that, that we have developed and have, have submitted a, a patent on, uh, came about. Right, and it is literally everything you need for a water well in a box that's about forty-eight inches high and ten by ten inches wide. I mean, it's you know you can put it on your shoulder and carry it around. And so, anyway, so this particular product—I I call it a product—but it's it, it's really uh, well, it's life. It, water is life. It, it, it's a water well in a box. It has the auger, the well screen. That's integrated into the pump, and it and, and eliminates the need for gravel packing, for cementing the top of the well, all the stuff that a traditional well needs. Now, and it's relatively inexpensive. So we had uh, we, we got that out, started pushing it, and have found uh, uh, an amazing amount of response, positive response. For something that is so simple like this that can go out there and, and totally revolutionize people in developing countries. And he asked me, how does this revolutionize something? Well, of course, it, it provides water. But when you look at a traditional water well that's three, 400 feet deep, right, that has steel casing or maybe PVC casing, right, that well takes a, it costs about $5,000 to drill one of those wells. And there's a backlog of like two or three years. There's a lot of organizations out there that are drilling water wells in West Africa and South America, but they still have a tremendous backlog because there's not as many or nowhere near as many as, as we need to be able to provide water. Well, a system like this, water well in a box, allows things to uh, wells to be drilled uh, very quickly. One person can put maybe one or two of these wells in a day by themselves. And in the kit is roughly, you know, it's under $300, basically. So they can get these, these shallow water wells out there. Now, anybody that knows anything around wells knows that, that deeper water is obviously better. Right? It's cleaner and may have less contaminants than a shallow water well. But the shallow water wells are, are most certainly cleaner than what a lot of these people are drinking right now. They're drinking out of open ponds and rivers and streams where their animals are grazing and dying in. And I mean, it's just horrible conditions, right? So it certainly is better than what they currently have. 
these uh, these water wells with the way the pump is designed can also be used for agricultural, you know, watering small gardens, washing clothes, dishes, watering animals. So a lot of different a lot of different uses for it. And um, anyway, well, I'm just real excited the way uh, the way the Lord has has blessed my wife and I with this type of. Um, well, I don't know I call it knowledge, but just the opportunity to be able to develop something like this and then have people open and willing to uh, to take it to the next level, if you know what I mean. Well, and, and this, now how did, how did you get, I mean, you, you've got, anybody can learn about what's going on with the tragedy of, of 26,000 kids a day. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I mean, so you can you can learn about that stuff, but you've been you've been all over the world. You've been to Africa. You've been and you're you're pretty connected with these places. So this isn't just an academic exercise. This is this is real for you in a, in a deep, pretty deep way, right? That, that's right. That's right. It is, and and I'm a little bit ashamed that that it's taken me so long to realize how bad it was out there. And when I say that, is you know I have. Uh, work for oil companies and have been to, to some of the worst places in the world, uh, the poorest places in the world. And and I would uh, I would I'd arrive in these countries and your security convoy picks you up and you drive through some of these bad bad parts of town uh, with horrible poverty. And it was so easy for me to kind of turn a blind eye. Right. Or look out the, the window of the of the armed convoy and just say, you know, Poor people hope you know hope the Lord takes care of them and and leave it at that. And it was about probably I guess six seven eight years ago. I read a book called The Hole in Our Gospel. It was written by a gentleman named Richard Stearns, who is the president of World Vision. And for those who don't know what World Vision is, it's a Christ-based humanitarian organization that takes care of of uh, primarily the needs for kids uh, throughout the world, poor kids, uh, uh, you know, ones that are, are in some of these, these um, unfortunate countries that have had civil wars and, and droughts and famines and malaria, et cetera, and AIDS that have just wiped out entire generations. But when, when I read this book, and, and I'll, uh, I'll mention... I'm going to back up one second. Before I read the book, uh, I'm a Christian. I believe uh, 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 try to center my whole life around Christ. Well, before I read this book, if you had asked me what it takes to get into heaven, I would have answered. I would have said, "Well, you got to be a good person. You got to believe in Jesus. Stay away from the the major sins and." Ask for forgiveness, and when you die, you'll go to heaven. And and all of that is important. But this book called "The Hole in Our Gospel" basically shoots that theory out of the water, right? which is the the theory that the modern day Christian church, church teaches. Right? It's always it, it's all about the don'ts. Right? Don't be gay. Don't have abortions. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right? And then you'll get into heaven. If you believe in Jesus, well, this book says, you know, some of those things are important. I believe in Jesus and asking for forgiveness and putting your faith in Him, but that's only half of the equation. The other half of the equation 
is that you have to actively be taking care of the poor. And if you're not, you're not going to go to heaven, regardless of your faith. Right? And so when I, first, when I first started to read this book, The Whole, in our gospel, I, I was kind of skeptical. And so my wife has a Bible that's called the Rainbow Bible. And it's, it's, it's highlighted in about a dozen different colors. As an example, if you want to read what the Bible says about marriage, you flip through the Bible, and anywhere that's highlighted in pink talks about marriage. Right? Or if you want to talk about uh, sin, right? it might be highlighted in a gray color. Well, one of the colors in her Bible had to do with salvation. And it was light blue. So I took that Bible, and I just started flipping through and reading any passages that had to do with salvation. And probably about 80% of the time in that Bible where it talks about salvation, it is all in context of helping the poor. And it's basically saying if you're not helping the poor, you're not going to go to heaven. And one of the more famous verses is the story of the least of these. That's where uh, it's in Matthew, uh, Matthew 26. Uh, 31 through 46 is the is the uh, the verses. It's probably one of the only verses that I can actually remember because I'm horrible at, at remembering stuff. Believe it or not, even though I'm an engineer, but in this um, this in this story of the least of these, Jesus says that he's going to come back from heaven and he's going to separate everybody like sheep and goats. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then he's going to turn to the sheeps and say, you guys get to come to heaven. And they're going to say, you know, Lord, what did we do to deserve this? And he says, well, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was sick or in prison, you came to visit me. Uh, when I was naked, you clothed me. And they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry and sick and in prison and, and whatnot? And he said, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And then he's going to turn to the goats on the left, and he's going to say, you guys are going to hell for the rest of eternity. Get out of my sight. And they're going to say, Lord, why? What did we do? And he said, well, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me something to drink. When I was sick or imprisoned or naked, you didn't clothe me or come visit me. And they said, Lord, when did we see you like that? And he said, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. And so uh, when I read that passage and then I coupled it with this book, I realized that my whole life, I just thought that salvation came through faith. Right? If I believed in Jesus, then that's fine. It was all about the don'ts. Just don't do that. Don't do this. But I did not fully realize that salvation in, in, the, in, the, in the realm of Christianity is not as much about the don'ts as it is about the do's, right? It's do's. You shall be taking care of your neighbor, right? You shall love your neighbor, right? It's, it's all the things that Christians are horrible at today, right? Christians, and, and, and I, I say this kind of uh, stereotypical, but it's true. Most Christians today are only focusing on the don'ts, right? Don't be gay. Don't have abortions. Don't... <clears throat> You know, what, what, whatever it is, whatever the the current theme is, and they're not about the and, and they're not about the dues. They're not about taking care of the poor and everything. And it's no wonder that that Christianity in the U.S. is shrinking. 
I mean, heck, I wouldn't want to be a Christian if all they are just pointing fingers all the time. But anyway, I'm sorry to, to digress here a little bit, but this is important because this is what drove me to really opening my eyes and and learning how bad and understanding how bad the rest of the world is. I mean, just that number alone, right? 26,000 26, kids a day are dying while I'm sitting here wondering, uh, you know, fair shoes I need to buy uh, tomorrow or, or what kind of dessert I should have. So, anyway, it's, it's, it's redirected our focus. And I say ours, I'm talking about my wife and myself. And, and have us now pointing more towards helping others. And being a uh, an engineer who worked on drilling rigs and had access to knowledge and tools to learn about drilling helped allow me to channel that towards water well drilling and then back into communities in West Africa or South America or India, you know, places that uh, that are just been devastated by malaria, AIDS, civil war, tuberculosis, right? Those, uh, those are the main killers uh, for a lot of these poor folks there. You know what's important about what you what you just shared is it's something that it, the, the why in that is so profound and it comes from such a deep place of emotion and your heart and your and your spiritual commitment and and there are I don't know hundreds of thousands millions of guys that know how to drill that have been drilling for you know, decades or centuries they could build something and had the skills and yet who did it it wasn't thousands it was it was you there was this compelling why behind it and it's it seems like we can change anything if we have something that powerful and that's that's really why i i, I went out and asked you to be a part of this because you have something that has driven you and it's it's beyond you it's not just about it's not, it has nothing to do with jody you just happen to be a facilitator that can direct you know, and facilitate change and and do something instead of just talking about it or, like you said, focusing on all the don'ts. This is the do. You're doing something very powerful and something righteous and pure and loving. Like you epitomize love. You that's to me. That's what this is. This is the emotion of love on display, and that's what I see when I see you show up on Facebook with the support you have of these kids and with what you've created with uh, with your wife and. It's it's powerful. I'm, I'm hoping people get that that it's not just about talking a good game or just living a certain way. It's you have to step up, and I, it sounds like that's what you you got when you read that passage and you read the book, the hole in our gospel, and it hit you because you can't just watch and think your way into something. You've got to you've got to do something, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's right. And, and and I remember actually specifically, I think it was well, February 2nd, you had a video that you had posted. I forget if it was on Facebook or LinkedIn, but uh, your your topic on February 2nd was about the why, right? Remembering why you're doing something. And, and you were talking about it in, in context of working out. It's hard to get up early in the morning and go into the gym. But if you focus on why you're doing it, it makes the actual action itself uh, much uh, much easier, right? It, it, it motivates you, right? It allows mm-hmm. you to dig in deep and, and you move forward to that. 
And, uh, you know, the, the, the road that, that my wife, Adrian and I are on is not always easy. There's discouragements, there's roadblocks. But when I saw that video that you had there, it, it really resonated with me as to why, right? You always got to keep your, your eyes focused on the why you're doing something. And then that the how and when and all that stuff will take care of itself, right? It's why, right? It's, it's that why that helps build and maintain that indomitable spirit, right? That same spirit that we've learned in martial arts, right? That we've learned in, in other aspects of our lives, right? But it's the why, right? Keep your mind and your eyes and your heart focused on why everything else will fall into place. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, it, 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 in, in the martial arts world, when you're you're training and you're you're doing it, it's you might go days, weeks, months, sometimes years, where you feel like you're just plateauing and you're nothing's really happening. And there's a deeper why. It's for the sense of mastery and for sharing and connecting and bringing a greater sense of peace. And it's, I think that's for me. That's where this this why really was was felt for the first time was being with students uh, with with my students and. And, and feeling them evolve, even when they were stuck doing the same thing over and over again. But if you can't, you have to find the why. I think that's what I'm, what I'm thinking about right now. You have to find the why. It's, it's probably the most important thing because you can get really skilled at something. You can go to school. You can do whatever. But if that's all it is, I think it's really easy just to become a hedonist and not really have any fulfillment or purpose in your life. And that's that's, I think that's the purpose of life is to have purpose um, and, and, have, and, and be a part of something that's bigger, like what Scott and I are doing, and being a part of this, even just he and I, this team. It's a, it's a tribe of two. And then, it, and then you mentioned something that part of our mission, you mentioned that you were touched by something that we did, and then it keeps expanding. And you've got your amazing wife who is always showing up sometimes to, to tease you, but she is always there, man. And it is, is one of the coolest things ever to watch you guys. By the way, if anybody's listening, if you want to see co- comedy nonstop 366 days this year, watch these guys on Facebook. It's hysterical, but it's, it's a big deal to have, you know, to have somebody. And I mean, with what's, she's obviously in this with you and this isn't just your why. And she's a, a passive observer. She's really in, in with you on this, right? She is. Yeah. Yeah. She most certainly is. I, I, I truly believe that, that no man can act alone. Right, if his if his wife or spouse or, or partner is not with him or her, right? Uh, I, I mean both ways on this. If if their partner is not in this together, it won't succeed, no matter what they do in life. Right. In fact, one of my prayers to the Lord on on anything that I do, right, is that Lord, if this is the direction you want me to go with life or my job or this product or whatever, then let my let my wife come alongside me. And if she comes alongside me, then I know it is your will, Lord, to move forward. Right? And it's happened. It happens many times. And there's there are several times where it has not happened. Right? And in fact right now I would I'd probably be living in, in, in Liberia penniless because I'm you know, giving everything away, trying to trying to to bring water or whatever. But 
she fortunately uh, keeps me grounded, reminds me that, that we have three boys and one still in college that, that, uh, that have other responsibilities at this moment in time. Right. But anyway, so we've definitely have been a good team. She's she's always there alongside me. Without her, I most certainly couldn't do it. Without her support, I would uh, I'd, I'd be a, a, a fumbling mess right now. So yes, yeah, you you need that partnership, that love, that support, and and the checks and balances. Right, you got one person that that's uh, extreme on one side, then you know. Fortunately for me, she helps keep me balanced. If you know what I mean. Yeah, she's she's pretty amazing, Adrian's a she's an amazing woman. You're a, you're a lucky guy, and you're you're deserving of of that. It's, I can say from personal experience that she is spectacular. So um, that's that's a, an amazing partnership, and clearly that type of partnership is having an impact. So what what are you guys doing? Um, over in Africa now with with this project and other projects and things because I want people to know what you're doing and and if if people do want to if they want to be involved or support this I, I do I, I want to support you and how how does that happen What are you guys doing and how can people get involved Sure, sure. Thank you for asking that. We've um, we're going a couple different directions at the moment, trying to figure out what is the most efficient, either cost-effective or execution uh, certainty uh, way to get these 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 kits out out over there. The the uh, the first one obviously is, is we started close to home and touch base and moving forward with our with our fellow church. Woods Edge is the church that we, we belong to here in the, the North Houston area. They have a team that goes to Malawi once or twice a year. So their next their next team or their next trip is uh, this fall, coming up fall. So we're uh, we're working right now to help train and teach some of those people that are going on that mission how to drill these wells. Right, and so here pretty soon I'm going to have several more water wells in my backyard as we're teaching people how to use everything. So, so we have that going on, and then, but more importantly, something that uh, is, is pretty significant is is about to happen starting this week. Actually, we have just recently put in have been put in touch with an organization called the Barnabas Group. And they were founded uh, there in California, I believe. And the Barnabas Group is something very similar to Shark Tank. Right? You guys have all seen the, the Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, episodes, right? Where you have an inventor and he sits in front of a panel and they, they give money to buy a share of, of, their, of the uh, presenter's business. Well, the Barnabas Group is a very powerful, in a good way, organization that is made up of of probably a thousand millionaires and and billionaires, obviously more millionaires and billionaires. Uh, but they have meetings here in California that meet on a quarterly basis. And you'll have a room of two to three hundred of these millionaires and billionaires that uh, 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 sit in this large room and only about, well, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so ministries. These are This is a Christ-based organization. I should 
mentioned that ministries come in and they present their product or their goal or their mission on what they have planned to do. And out of this room of, of two or three hundred people, uh, they all have all these all these people in the audience have different strengths. They're all most likely business owners. They might be lawyers or CPAs or uh, construction own construction companies. Right, so they uh, uh, the, these presenters will get up there and they'll say, "Here's what I have. Here's the plan that I want to go. Here's what I want to focus on. How can you help me?" All right now, these people might have uh, might be might do financial support, but they might do legal advice or tax advice or logistics. Right, as an example, here I got these kids. Got to figure out how to get them to Africa in bulk. Right, so they might be. Uh, organizations there that, that that's what they do, right? So they might be able to step in and help there. So anyway, where I'm going with this is uh, this week we're meeting uh, with some folks in the Barnabas group here in the Houston area. They're going to help us formulate a plan that will, uh, will help us hone in on exactly what we need, how we're going to approach this. And uh, that way we can be prepared to take it to the California Barnabas group for the where the big players are at, and what uh, what we're leaning towards, or what we're we're trying to focus this one here in, is to is to pick a single country, right, uh, Liberia or or Malawi, or, or probably higher on the list, uh, and we're going to execute a pilot program. We're going to try to get a maybe maybe half a dozen people that are interested in going over there for a month or two that know how to eat, drill. Uh, how to drill these wells, how to use the kits, and to go over there and focus on teaching uh, teaching a community or a village on how to do this themselves because that's where the sustainability aspect is. This is not just me or a bunch of, of, of people that I know going over there once or twice a year drilling a well and leaving. No, the real sustainability and the real gym uh, or the diamond in the rough that we're going for is trying to educate and teach the locals how to do this themselves, right? And how to make the kits themselves. Right? There's there's a few parts to the kit that that they they have to they have to get from from somebody like us, right? Because they're they're specialized, they're made. But the 95% of the kit is stuff that they can make themselves out of PVC pipes, etc. So we want to teach them how to fish. Right. We don't want to give them a fish and feed them for a day. We want to teach them how to fish and feed them for their lifetime. So, so that's where uh, that, that's where we're going uh, for this right now. So, yes, the question is how best or how to support. I would say uh, I would say at the meantime, stay tuned. Right, we're still working through the early stages on on executing these uh, uh, this this pilot program. But once that uh, once that gets kicked off, then we're going to have much more direction. Is, is, is there, is, Jody? Is there? If people go to your, what is your what is the website where people can go to get more information? By the way. Oh sure, it's it's emergencywaterwell.com. Okay. Now, and, and you're right. So there's we've been focusing here on the on the international humanitarian side of things. There, there's most certainly a market here in the U.S. for for a kit like this, and it is uh, 
primarily what we've seen so far is the preppers, right? We have a fairly large prepper movement where people want to be prepared for power outages, natural disasters, uh, and you name it, uh, there, there's an idea there, right? Hyper Hyperinflation, right? which I mm-hmm. personally believe is, is we're heading down that path pretty quick. Right? But the, the market, the U.S. market here, or the interest in the U.S., has been primarily this type of demographics that uh, people that are interested in having a secondary supply of water. And our traditional water well kit is something that, uh, that that works well because you have a permanent well that's you put a PVC in your backyard and you move forward with it. But what's nice about the water well in a box is that it is portable, right? It's something you can buy and stick in your attic, and hopefully you never have to need it. But if you do need to bug out, right, you grab that box, throw it in your truck, and wherever you end up, you have a kit that uh, you know, that could allow you to drill in and tap into the water table. So, it, so people that want to um, stay tuned, it was so they can go to your site. They can actually order this now. They can also find it on Amazon.com. And and, and if they want to stay in touch with you, do you? I know there's a button where people can email you directly and, and reach out to you. If they just wanted to stay tuned with what you guys are, have going on and, and your, your efforts overseas and things, are you planning on having something like a, an opt-in where people can say, hey, I want to I continue to hear every month or something? Is that something that you might have on your site uh, at some point? It, it, it is. It is. So okay. it's probably more relevant on our Facebook site. Right? Okay. We have a okay. Facebook, Facebook page. Yes, yeah, Facebook has, uh, uh, you can do a search for emergencywaterwell.com, uh, I think is what the name is there on the Facebook itself. Uh, but that Facebook page, it has our all of our up-to-date, uh, uh, up-to-date activities that are going on. Uh, and it also probably, we've had at least one or two successful water wells where people have bought the kit and installed the wells each week. And so we try to upload a little video or a picture or something showing people pumping water or standing next to their water. So all, all that can be found there on our Facebook page. Uh, and uh, so, yes, yeah, that, that's where as this pilot program continues and progresses with the help of the Barnabas, Barnabas Group, we'll, uh, we'll most certainly have that information there as well. Okay. All right. Yeah, your, your Facebook def- is very, it's, it's fairly active. So uh, I think that's definitely a good place for people to go and, and like, and, and they can reach your, I mean, if they reached out to you on this, they're actually going to connect with you directly. They're going to, you're going to see it, right? This is. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yep. Sure will. Okay. Yeah. And if anybody has any questions on, on, well, so not just questions, but if anybody has that's listening has a desire to, you know, to, to help us take this to the next level. When I say next level, I'm referring to, uh, uh, places like West Africa and South America, uh, India, etc. People have a heart or a desire or connections or good ideas on how to help take this and, and run with it. Boy, I would sure love to, to talk with, brainstorm with, or even partner with people or organizations that have that heart and want to do this and want to reduce that 26,000 a day number. That's crazy. That's it's it's mind-boggling because you're right. If if something if that many if a hundred jumbo jet planes went down in a day, it would bring the world to a stop. And yet this happens every single day. So this is 
this is, this is a big problem, but you know what, this is a step in the right direction. And, and I'm, I'm proud of you for stepping up and doing something, man. This is, this is cool. It's, and it's, it's beyond just the words. And that's a, I mean, that's a big thing for me. It's a big thing for, I know for Scott and, and, uh, it, it's all about, it's, it's the action and you're definitely, you're taking action. So I know that we want to support you. I, I do want to see if Scott, do you, do you have anything that you want to ask Jody or, or anything you want to jump in here and kind of dominated out? No, it's been an incredible conversation. I've been thrilled to be a part of it. I, I know Leon and I had, uh, you know, a revelation about five years ago. Uh, we used to do a um, kind of a, a Christmas drive for toys. And uh, we had uh, one of our practice members, just a visiting guy, actually, who worked for CharityWater.org, and he exposed us to this truth. We watched a video on it and just changed, completely and totally transformed our thinking. And so it's been uh, one of the projects we've done is, is that's our donation around Christmas. And we get our practice members to donate, and we try to we raise at least five thousand dollars pretty much every year to build a well. And so it's been something close to my heart, but like something that's even more accessible uh, is you know because five thousand dollars builds one well, you know. But if you could you know build you know, 15 for the same price, um, man, that's a pretty incredible thing. So, I mean, I think that it, sometimes the price point even dictates, in a way, uh, the amount of effort people put into it, unfortunately. So I, it's just such a brilliant job, Jody. I'm just, like, incredibly impressed that you came up with it and are taking just such massive action. And uh, we'll, we'll see what you're going to continually help it grow because it's certainly needed around the world. And, and, and visionaries who are doing it for the principled right reasons are just, there's not enough. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. No, no, thank you. And yeah, thank you for your support there with uh, Charity Water. They're a great organization. I really, uh, I really enjoy looking at their website, too. They allow you to, to zoom in and see pictures or aerial photos of some of the, the well programs that they have going on. It's a great organization. It really is neat. I have a lot of good things to say about them. Jody, something that just popped in my mind, um, and, and this this is just me thinking, brainstorming. But it, I know that if you had something um, available, where like if you once you're set up to bring these over to Africa, if you had a way for me to go to your site and say, I want to support this, I want to I want to buy three wells and, and send them with you guys over on your next thing, that'd be a really cool thing. I think it, it would give people a very tangible way to support what you're doing if they could just, because everybody wants to do one-click support, they want to do one-click buying, they just want to, they want to be in, they want to be engaged, and maybe that would give uh, people a, a real way to to jump in. I, I'd also love to go over to Africa, but it's a lot faster and more, uh, like I know tonight I can go and I could do that. Maybe that's something, but I would definitely, if you had that button, I'd be pushing it right now. So if you do put that button out there, let me know and I will go push it. Oh, I sure will. Yes, I sure will. No, that, that's an excellent idea. And uh, as Scott mentioned, Charity Water, they have something very similar to that. You can follow okay. your your dollar. And if you give a dollar, they'll, they'll show you exactly what well it goes to and, and the status that it's in, pictures of it. I mean, it's, just, it's incredible. They have a really great model that uh, that they've set up and you know when, when you ask when you ask people what's the main reason why they don't donate to charity the 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 number one or the overwhelming response is once the money goes they really never get any feedback as to what type of impact that it's made 
and they, they don't get to see the progress or see the lives that are changed, right? And, and you have a lot of corrupt organizations out there too that that ruin it for the rest of you know rest of the good ones. So charity waters is kind of revolutionizing the the, the giving method where they have an, a, a program set up so you can actually track and see that dollar everywhere that it goes. And and I have uh, uh, high hopes that as soon as this thing gets kicked off, we're going to be able to do something very similar to that. Well, let, let me say something about about that to people because that's definitely it's a concern I've had in the past thinking about donating to different places, and I'm really leery and, and skeptical in a lot of cases. But I, I I know for certain that when anybody is supporting something that you're doing, that the there that doesn't exist in your world. It's not part of your character, and I would bet my reputation on that fact because that's how certain I am. And so anybody that's considering whether or not they want to do anything or get involved or support you in this effort, they they should be rest assured that they're they're supporting something that is pure and and love and and amazing. So I just I want to put that out there because that's how much I believe in in you and what you're doing, man. Uh, well, thank you, Damon. That means a lot to me. It sure does. You're very welcome. Is there is there anything that you want to uh, get, share with people before we wrap up, or anything else that, that people should know, and anything we forgot well, to ask you? Sure, I would just say that YouTube video, that uh, the the short one, the water well in the box YouTube video. It's a pretty powerful video when people can physically see this product in action. Right? They can see how simple and how easy it is. Uh, that that really gets you know, it, it, a picture is worth a thousand words. A video like that is worth a million words, if you know what I mean. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but would it be possible for you to to put that video up on on your site or your mail it yeah, we'll, to your subscribers? Uh, Absolutely, we'll we'll have it sent out uh, when we send the, the the podcast out. We'll have it connected on SoundCloud and on our podcast on iTunes and on the website. So it'll be all over the place for anybody that's listening to this, wherever you're listening to it. Just click on the link that's that's part of the the broadcast and and check out this video. It's a cool video. It's it's uh, just a few minutes, and it, it you get to see Jody get muddy, and you see this thing in action, and it's it's pretty badass. So yeah, totally watch it. Excellent. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. I'm, I'm I'm really honored and grateful to have you on, my friend. And it's it's been a pleasure digging into this. I, I'm excited that people are going to learn about it and about you and what you're doing to make a positive impact on on the world and and touch lives and and doing it for real. So thank you for your time and and for what you're doing on on the planet. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, you know, back at both you guys, right, the things you're doing are certainly inspirational. And uh, like I mentioned, they, they've picked me up when I've been down and, you know, they help me help me keep my eyes on, on the why. So thank you, guys. Uh, you're certainly making a difference as well. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Have a wonderful evening, and uh, we'll keep charging with you. We appreciate what you're doing. Excellent. Excellent, gentlemen. Thanks again, and we'll we'll talk to everybody again real soon. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us, and good night. Yes, Good good night.